0: Gospel according to St. Matthew chapter 20. Glory Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to the disciples, the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for the usual daily wage, he sent them into his vineyard. When he went out about nine o'clock, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace, and he said to them, You also go into the vineyard, and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. When he went out again about noon and about 3 o'clock, he did the same. And about 5 o'clock, he went out and found others standing around. And he said to them, Why are you standing here idle all day? They said to him, Because no one has hired us. He said to them, You also go into the vineyard. The usual daily wage. And when they received it, they grumbled against the landowner, saying, These last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us, who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last the same as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first and the first will be last. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. good morning morning. let us pray holy god help us to be generous like you amen jonah was angry at god angry enough to die why he was angry for two reasons the first is that he wanted the city of Nineveh to be completely destroyed. But God did not destroy the city of Nineveh because the people repented. Jonah hated the city and the people in it so much because they were his enemy. Nineveh was the capital of the Assyrian Empire. And like all empires, they expanded by killing and pillaging, like pirates. They did this all the way to Palestine, Israel, Jonah's homeland. For a time, Nineveh was the largest city on the whole earth. God sent Jonah there to preach repentance. And even though Jonah's heart wasn't in it, and you know the story, he ran away, got swallowed by the big fish, maybe a whale, spit out. And that all happened because he didn't want to go to Nineveh. Eventually he goes, his heart's not in it. Nevertheless, his preaching works. The whole city repents. God forgives them and does not destroy. As a matter of fact, Nineveh still exists to this day. But it goes by a different name. Today, the ancient city of Nineveh is called Mosul, in modern-day Iraq, in the northern part of Iraq, at the foothill of the Kurdish mountains, the second-largest city, second only to Baghdad. This fact makes Jonah a very relevant figure to our own history. They say that, technically speaking, history is anything that happens 20 years in the past. 20 years ago, today, Mosul was at war. Iraq and the United States were at war. Jonah would have approved. But for Jonah, it happened 3,000 years too late. And God didn't destroy the city like Jonah wanted. And for this reason, Jonah was angry at God, so angry that he wanted to die. The second reason Jonah wanted to die was because he was so uncomfortably hot. I was talking to one of our members of our church, Gents, and Gents served in the United States military and. He had tours of duty in Iraq. He told me that it was so hot in Iraq that daily the temperatures would exceed 150 degrees. They bought their own thermometers and carried them with them because they couldn't believe how hot it was. And he said at night you were lucky. Lucky if it got below 100 degrees. 99 degrees would be a cool night. Jens shared with me that culturally, his experience in Iraq and the training he received is that the people are very matter-of-fact. Things are either right or they're wrong. They're either black or they're white. There's not, it's not a cultural known for nuance and gray area. And so as we talked about this story, Jens kind of chuckled and he said, it's kind of humorous, but it's also kind of believable to imagine a lone preacher walking through an Iraqi city, preaching the word of God, and then people listening it and completely repenting. Because People, in his experience, were so either black or white, right or wrong. If Jonah's message was captivating to the heart, it could have happened like that. Not a place known for waffling. So, as I said, Jonah was so angry about the heat. He was angry that God didn't destroy the city. So he went, as we read this morning, thank you, Brian, and he sits underneath a little shade structure just in case God changes God's mind to destroy the city. And while he's under the shade structure, a bush grows and gives shade to Jonah. And he enjoys the bush, and for a whole day it helps to cool him, until the next day God destroys the bush with a worm, and now Jonah has to suffer in that extreme heat. And he gets so angry about the heat, again he says to God, I would prefer to die. And God says, why? And he says, because this bush is sacred. It gave me shade, it's beautiful. And it just died like it was no big deal. And then God delivers the punchline. Jonah, you cared about this one bush because it benefited you. You didn't do anything to bring it to life. You didn't care for it. I am the God of this city of the largest city on the face of the earth at the time, 3,000 years ago. Every life in there is sacred to me. If you care about this bush, how much more do I care about this city? All life is sacred. Believe it or not, the apostle Paul had a lot in common with Jonah. Paul traveled extensively, preached repentance, and at times, dramatically pontificated on his own death. Paul said that to remain in the flesh seems like a chore, and maybe not worth it. He looks forward to life after death, being with Christ. And Paul stays alive in this life, he says, only for the sake of others, which really gets to the heart of what we think about the meaning of life itself. Jonah, who we talk about today, wanted to die because he was so angry. He needed a reason to be alive, the meaning of life. One of the things we know for sure is that we all will be judged after we die. In our Christian tradition, we believe that we'll stand before God and be judged. But, you know, even if you ask a secular scientist who totally doubts all of that, there's still a judgment after death. Our lives, our secrets, all of it comes to light after we die. And we are judged not only by God, but by people. We will be judged as to how we left this world to the next generations who come after us. Some preachers, like Tony Campolo, say it like this. People cried when you were born. The question is, will they cry when you die? Our reason for existence, the meaning of life itself, is exceedingly simple. We are here to love our neighbor as ourselves. Love God. Our psalm this morning says that I will extol you, my God and my King. I will bless your name forever and ever. We might believe that God is our King, but you know, God is a very different kind of King. Not the kind of King that expects his subjects to just have no agency. God is a very different kind of King, and it's the kind of King that Jesus tells us about in the gospel this morning. Jesus says, the kingdom of God is like a vineyard, a vineyard with an owner. In this parable that you now have heard a couple times, the people who work just one hour get paid the same as those who work all day. You know, one of the most interesting components of living in an industrialized society, or even an agricultural society, where some people are owners and others are not, is the concept of the wage. We take for granted the idea that we get compensated for what we are worth, for time and effort. It's worth remembering, especially during difficult times in the economy, that wages and currency are man-made inventions. This is the issue with Jesus in the parable. If we look at the world through the eyes of works righteousness, then it is seems very unfair. But Jesus invites us to look at the world with a completely different perspective. Rather than focusing on what people earn or deserve, we ought to focus on what a person needs and what a community needs. The owner of this vineyard, God, is not concerned with maximizing profit, but maximizing social good. The owner gets more satisfaction knowing that as many people as possible are able to go home and put food on the table for their families. The owner of this vineyard just wants the grapes harvested and to be gathered and to make a delicious wine for all people to share. The owner of this vineyard we might say cares about universal basic income in a very theological spiritual sense, social solidarity. But there's so much more to this story than just economics. It is of course a spiritual parable as well about our very own salvation. The workers hired at daybreak are like those who their whole life long have sought to follow the Lord and to live righteously. They are heroes of the faith. Those hired later in the morning figure it out at a young age and follow Jesus most of their lives. And for each of us, our story unfolds differently. Sometimes we backslide. Sometimes we leave the vineyard. Sometimes we lose our way. But it is never too late. It is never too late. God is always inviting us to come into his vineyard, to come into God's kingdom, to be one of his co workers. He will share with us abundantly. That is God's grace. And you can be sure that God loves you unconditionally and is always ready to care for you in God's most beautiful vineyard. Amen. Please stand as you are able and we sing our hymn of the day, Lord of all hopefulness.